and welcome to the FM Podcast. I'm Jen Fritz, and I run Fritz Media, a music publicity and digital marketing firm located in Vancouver, Canada. And this is episode number 27 of the podcast. So the topic of this week's show is release planning and strategy. And joining me on the show is artist manager Jeff Ojeda from Phase Management. Now, Jeff and I had a great discussion about the best ways to plan and release your new album or new single or new video or whatever it is that you're releasing. And there's definitely a lot of great tips if you're an artist with new music but don't know where to start when it comes to releasing it. Well, this is definitely the show for you. (laughs) We had a really great chat and I hope you enjoy it. Here's my conversation with Jeff Ojeda. Well, hello, Jeff. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing really well. How are you? You know, I'm doing good. Uh, we're recording this on a Friday, so I've got like a little bit of Friday fever, you know, feeling <laughs> there you go, yeah. excited. And you were just telling me that you're going camping in December. <laughs> Tell me what's going on there, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, my husband and I, we have a camper van. We got one earlier this year just because of, you know, all the travel restrictions and whatnot. And we, we kind of wanted to just like, do something that that bridged the gap. And so we got a van and we've been just kind of all through BC through the the entire year, we've been just having a great time going from place to place and, <laughs> and working from, you know, the middle of nowhere, which has been a, a blessing. But yeah, we're, we're going camping this weekend. And uh, we're looking forward to I think some snow. So that's going to be <laughs> a, so a, a new one for us. <laughs> You're crazy. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild. But it's so much fun. Yeah, it sounds like a, a fun adventure. I love that. So you and I, we've known each other for a while, I think, like on social media, we've interacted there a bit. Have we ever met in real life? I can't. You know what? That's so weird. I don't know if we have. I don't think we have. (laughs) No, it's strange. I know. I, I, yeah, I've been following you for years and listening to the podcast. And, you know, first of all, it's it's awesome to be here here and, uh, you know, be a part of this. So thank you for having me on. Oh, thanks, sir. You know what? Flattery will get you everywhere, Jeff. That's a a great way to to start the show. But thank you. Yeah, you have been a big supporter since I started doing the podcast. And I do really, really appreciate it. And I appreciate that you see it for for what it is. And it's an educational piece for artists, you know, aside from branding our company as well. But also, you know, totally. <laughs> that is what it is meant to do, because this is a, a hard industry to navigate if you're an independent musician. Absolutely. Even if you like work in the industry like we do, it's <laughs> it can be difficult. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So the topic of this week's show is uh, release planning and strategy. And I I thought you'd be a good person to talk to about this since uh, a lot of what you do as a music manager is that, (laughs) you know, you plan uh, releases for your artists. And this is part of being a musician that a lot of independent musicians can get hung up on. They want to release their music, whether it's a single or a video or an album, but they don't know where to start. So what do you see as kind of like a good jumping off point when when artists are planning the release of their music? Like, what's a good place to start, do you think? Yeah, good question. You know, it, it's, um, I, I love strategy and I love this stuff so much. So uh, this is a great conversation to be having. Um, but uh, yeah, I think, you know, more than anything, I, I think it's, it's critical for an artist before they put any music out or before they're planning for an upcoming release is just really kind of zooming out on their own career. Um, and, and taking some time to really think of, you know, what is their narrative? 
and how how are you going to go and deploy the songs and the releases that you have planned in a way that you can actually firstly you know serve yourself as an artist and and as a human and making sure that you're you know doing things that are going to touch home I, I guess in a sense for yourself but also making sure that you're navigating to understand what goals lie ahead of you before you put music out and then positioning you know music releases around those those moments so that you can really leverage something and start building a little bit of a buzz I think it's really common for new artists just to put music out, uh, not really have a plan, you know, for myself with every single that I release, because we're in a very singles driven climate, you know, I, I give myself a good three months and that's to plan, you know, what happens before it, how am I pitching it? And then what comes next, right? Because, you know, it's really easy to release something and then, you know, three, four weeks goes by and then all of a sudden the conversation's stale. And that's, I, I guess, the biggest sort of, hurdle that any new artist is up against is just having such a short shelf life yeah, and, and few, few opportunities to kind of, you know, put your name, in, you know, on the poster source. For sure. And I think that, you know, a, a lot of artists, you know, even come to us and talk to us in the past, they've just like release their music with no plan, which is just crazy to me. It's, it's so nuts. Or, you know, we'll also have artists come to us like when their album or single is coming out in a week. And it's like, no, you have yeah. to come to us quite a, f you know, a bit in advance because there is a lot of long lead prep that we have to do, you know, leading up to it. You don't just decide to do it. There's planning, there's things you have to do to, to make that happen, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Another big sort of, you know, in, in doing mentorship and helping people with realizing their own plans, you know, a, another big thing that I'm often uh, kind of confronted with is you know, the, the idea of spacing, you know, how much space to put in, in between each song or, you know, the, the idea of say putting two songs out a year, is that enough content? Is that enough volume to substantiate, you know, the, the sort of optics and level of career that you want to have? So yeah, spacing is another very critical thing. And, and what do you, what are you, what are your thoughts on spacing? Cause we're experimenting with that quite a bit right now at Fritz Media because it seems like, you know, obviously, like all things in this industry, there's no hard and fast rule to it. But what we're finding is if they're too close together, it's not good. You're not going to get any action. You might get a lot of action on one. The second one's going to die. Totally. Because it's just like, I just came to you with this. Yeah. And now they're like, oh, and another thing, but I'm not done with this thing. That's exactly it. And, and it's giving, you know, a tastemaker, like someone at a DSP editor, whatever it might be, or, or even someone that just has a blog that's like, hey, this is cool. Let me, you know, help you out. It's giving them a moment of empowerment as well and a moment of discovery because I think that's a, you know, that's a critical sort of piece in this whole thing is, you know, we're all in this business because we love music and we love, right? And we love helping artists rise. And, totally. and so... <laughs> To be given that, you know, as a ticket, you know, in the background and and to say, hey, yeah, I made this move, you know, that's, that's kind of what we're here for, you know, it, it's, uh, it's, we're certainly not here for the money. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's another discussion, isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that's totally true. Yeah, it's, it's funny that, have you found that with your artists with the spacing? I, yeah, just to like talk about that a little bit more, right. because I've, I've found it like so intriguing, just how artists are like, well, we have this album release and I want to release two singles leading up to that. And in their mind, that happens like one month apart. And now I'm finding like, it's like, I can't allow you to do that because, <laughs> because you're, it's just going to flop. Yeah. And I do think, I think it's a good thing as a whole, because I think discovering things later is 
good. I think that if we get to a place where a blogger will review an album two, three months after it's come out, that's a good thing. Whereas now I find, you know, when we're pitching, if we don't pitch them in advance or if they even get it the week of, they don't want it because they feel like it's old news, you know? Yeah, that's so true. Which is, I don't like that. (laughs) No, it's, it sucks. That's just, I I guess that's just kind of like the nature of the game is, you know, everyone wants what's current and fresh and yeah, it's too bad because a lot of a lot of great art just kind of slips under the cracks, mm-hmm. you know, or between the cracks because the idea of coming onto something late is less attractive than being in front of it, I guess. And yeah, that's it's very true. And I, I think, you know, with my artists too, it comes down to kind of hard conversations. And thankfully, you know, they've been able to trust me in, in the way that I've kind of rolled things out. But you really have to you have to look at timing very critically and the spacing aspect, which I'll get to, is is important. But you know, identifying first of all how many products quote unquote are you putting out what does that like i was saying like you know look at the calendar year pick your milestones figure out what the next career moves are going to be and then position your pawns around those things so that by the time say you know you apply for a festival and you figured out you know last year they announced the festival artist on this date okay well maybe put a song in front of that or or just after that so that you have a couple things kind of going bang bang yeah i'm a hand talker so the people listening you're missing the show. <laughs> uh, I enjoy it. I, yeah. I really enjoy it. Yeah. And so for spacing for me, you know, the, the most important thing is, and we've been in this last year, I think it's been, you know, ever changing. And I think the biggest measurement that an assessment that you need to make as an artist is, is there enough of a demand to justify grouping moments together? Because the second you put out an album of say five songs, well, a DSP being, you know, digital streaming platform, they can only focus on one song. So your entire six track album ends up being one moment and, mm-hmm. you know, you effectively take everything that you've done to, to create these songs, produce them, spend money on the record and you throw it under the bus. And a lot of artists don't really realize that. Mm-hmm. And so I, for me, the name of the game for developing talent is data stacking, creating, basically taking a run at something where you have moments leading up to the big event rather than going, bam, here it is, right? Yes. Uh, And and I think just economically that makes sense. And it helps you bust through those sort of invisible thresholds that things like Spotify and stuff kind of want you to get through. And and it's just building off of the, you know, the buzzer success that you might have of, you know, one release and then the second one and then third and trying to kind of make the pond ripple a little bit. Like that's always the plan, right? Like it's like, we'll release two or three singles, you know, depending how long your rollout time is. And, you know, you hope that the wave builds and gets stronger and stronger as we get to the end. But, you know, that doesn't always happen. There's a lot of reasons why that (laughs) that can happen. But that kind of is how you have to do things these days if you're releasing an album. And, And as you said, like the reason for that is because like if you release all of the music at once, you're only, nobody cares. The music's out. You're not going to get a lot of playlist play on that. You know, there's so many factors into it. Yeah. It's almost a disadvantage the second it gets put out, right? A hundred percent it is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause you just, you just, you know, you, you took something that could have been six moments and you made it one. Yeah. Right. And, and just understanding the way that DSPs work and how they consume products and, and potentially take a chance on them and put them out to market you know, you want to make sure that you're building a strong case for them as well, right? And they need to see that you have a cohesive plan and that you're doing it, you know, in a manner that serves their platform. 
So for an example, to touch on the whole spacing aspect, like something as simple, like the, the information's right there for us. So if you go to Spotify for artists, you go to Apple Music for artists, I can't remember the, the, the backstage of my results. <laughs> same idea. Same thing, it's yeah. the same idea. But they, they yeah, give yeah. you, so when you're looking at your data, you know, they give you a 28 day period, a seven day period, and then 24 hours. So automatically the platform is telling you how it reads information and how you should be reading the information as well. So to me, every four weeks is the tightest because 28 days is what they're telling you. And, and then depending, and, and for me, it's it's kind of more an intuition thing, you know, depending on what the look is for the song, maybe you have a music video, maybe you're going to radio, maybe it needs a bit more breathing room. But, y- you know, what it comes down to is making sure that you're not putting too much space in between them because one song might do really great for you, but then if you come up with the song, say two or three months later, do people still care? You know, it, it's it's that tough. I know it's a it's a fine balance, right? Like, yeah. I, it's, it's hard to figure out. It's artist specific, I find too. People are maybe more willing to accept another single from this type of artist, but not from this type of artist. Like I. I can't I can't figure it out. It's yeah, it's, it's really quite interesting. To speak to what you're saying about, you know, using Spotify for for artists and Apple for artists or whatever it's called. You know, that's basically if you don't know, uh listeners, that's how you can get on the editorial playlists that both of those platforms have and that's using their Spotify for artists. It's kind of the back end for you so you can look at all your data and analytics and all of that. How soon in advance do you recommend that artists like do that little pitch to to them. Yeah, good question. You know, they in the back end when you submit uh, a, a song through their system, and I, I'm just talking on Spotify specifically because they have that quick and easy sort of yeah. You know, it's really uh, easy uh, editorial. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's a great tool. They say don't change anything in the pitch um, a week prior to the release, but I honestly have a song usually in the bank about four to five weeks before it's out. Yeah. And it's been pitched, and then I go, you know, to my personal relationships at DSPs, and then let them know what's coming up. But yeah, usually I would say four to five weeks out, you want to have the pitch in there and in the system and good to go. Because look, there are four editors in Canada, yeah, and they have a lot of music to listen to. Well, just Spotify specifically, but any editorial, you know, environment, they have a lot of they're humans making decisions, which is the great thing Yeah. Uh, because good music wins, you know, and it's not just a automated sort of setup, but yeah, they get a, they get a lot of volume. So the more time you can buy for yourself, the better chances yeah. you are you know, going to be heard. I, I, um, I tell artists that all the time because I think there is like even some kind of language in the back end where it says do it like seven days before. And artists sometimes think that it's they can do it seven days before. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's like your deadline. Like you need to have it done before that. <laughs> yes, that's critical. You know what? The second you see it pop up, get it done. Don't go to sleep. Get that pitch done, right? Because it, it's, yeah, timing is just critical. And and it helps you kind of be at ease in a sense, knowing that it's in the system. And then you can go and start pitching elsewhere to, to build it. Totally. In terms of, I wanted to say like back to the timing and strategy sort of aspect one thing that I often say to anyone I'm doing a consultation with or my own artist or whatever it might be is envision like if you're if you have a six song EP, let's call it because that was the example. If you have six moments that you know you're you're building up towards, look at your release strategy and what songs you put out just like a set list. You can't play a show and 
you know, perform all your big hits right away off the bat and then have a show that kind of dies off and tapers off, right? You want, you want to bring people on a journey and they need to be, you know, a big moment, an intimate moment, uh, guide them through the journey of who you are as an artist and why you're putting those songs forward. And I think that's ultimately, uh, you know, from my experience, spending time on really understanding which songs to play first. I think that's where you start to see a really strong return from streaming because, you know, if you show all your cards right away, there's not much left to, to buy into after that, right? <laughs> no, that's true. I call that blowing the load. There, yeah, so, that's uh, that's a great I way mean, to put it. I know. It's very, it's very crass, <laughs> but, you know, like sometimes the inclination is to do that, right? To, right? to start out strong, but then what happens is you're disappointed with the remaining results, right? Because Absolutely, it's yeah. just like, yay, we came out of the gates with a bang and look at all of this stuff that happened, but now it's like... <laughs> That was it. That's so, it. Yeah, party's yeah. over. Go home. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I just experienced this with with my artist Kyle McCurney and the record we put out this year. You know, we started putting out music February 26th and his album came out October 1st. Yeah. So we effectively, like, we took over the entire calendar year and put music out all the way through. And, yeah, and it, it's just and making sure that, you know, the first song – not a lot of people are going to be on board. And we know, like, knew that right away going in. It's, you know, we have to get started somewhere. Brand new artist, first time record or putting music out in this, in Americana, in that space. And, and so we were very careful and articulating the plan and making sure, like, okay, well, we're going to need bigger moments later on. So how do we shuffle and make sure that we're, we're aligning ourselves? Firstly, to, you know, with all those goals that we're setting and stuff through the calendar year, how, how are we making that make sense for the project? Yeah. But then also, how are we continuing to blow people away as the songs come out? <laughs> That's just it, right? Hopefully. It's not just, it, yeah, I mean, that's always the plan. But, you know, you, you've released enough music to know that best laid plans, right? It doesn't always go the, the way you want. Totally. And there's a, a million reasons why that happens. So... We were saying, you know, things change so quickly in the industry these days, and there's really not one, you know, set set way to do things. Uh, what are some, you know, interesting and maybe non-traditional ideas that you've tried with your artists when releasing their music? You know, I'm talking about like things like maybe just not doing a digital release on a Friday, just, you know, mix things up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> How risque. I'm not sure what comes to mind. I mean, there, there's, it's kind of like you you take every day and every week as it comes, you know, and you have those overarching sort of, you know, I, I, I often parallel that to like micro and macro, like what is the big picture of what we're doing? And then what is it that we're doing this week to move the needle? Right. Mm -hmm. And there's certain things like, you know, we had, uh, I was managing an alternative kind of pop rock project a few years back. And, you know, we, we really needed to get heard by uh, this person, Ali Hagendorf at Spotify and didn't have the direct connection. And she's basically, you know, the person that runs the show there and especially for alternative rock and we needed to get her involved so basically i had the artist create a video that just introduced themselves personalized and specific to ali and it was you know it was fun it was very much like their vibe and and it was you know kind of badass and cool and and you know we did it in a way that we knew that she would like it and so you know we were watching her on twitter and i sounds a little creepy, like we're watching her activity and like, okay, she's on Twitter tweeting right now, let's go. And so we, we hit the gas and basically just put that video out every platform stories, direct message, just blanketed her with it. And it worked. 
And she, she like, you know, responded right away publicly and was like, wow, I heard you guys loud and clear. This record's amazing. Uh, you know, thanks so much for sharing it. And we ended up getting handfuls of playlists as a result of that. And it was, uh, yeah, it was a really, really cool moment. So you got to be real on, on with that. Cause that could backfire so quickly. Oh too. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Like just I just want to say that for artists listening thinking they can do that, you have to really be on the fucking money with that. <laughs> yeah. I it's not something I would recommend for everyone, you know. It it happened to work, but yeah, I mean that that's just kind of one way to to get creative. I think I think the biggest thing is just always looking ahead. Like I I've always got at least 12 months planned. Mm-hmm. You know, for for every artist because you need to really you know, it's just, it's critical to really see what those goals are that are going to, that are going to take you to another level and, mm-hmm. and anticipate them. Right. And, you know, there's, um, I, I guess another quick example is, you know, one of the songs that I put out with Kyle on his record that we just put out in September, we knew that Project Wild, which is this big artist development program out in Calgary, mm-hmm. uh, we knew that their announcement ha- was happening on one, on X date. And it was a Sunday and it was on air uh, on the radio station. And basically what we were going for is to be included in top 12 because there are hundreds, hundreds of applicants and the top 12 is basically like you're in the game, right? Yeah. While you can't plan for that to happen, it ended up happening. But what I did in the background was I set up a song to be released on that Friday. Mm-hmm. Announcement happens Sunday. I queued up my publicist to go out with a PR a press release um, Tuesday morning. And so basically that press release was saying, Kyle's top 12, we have a new record coming out, pre-save it on Friday. Oh, and also we have a new single coming out. As a result of that, you know, you kind of reverse engineer the the hype me- mechanism of what all that does and, and front load it so that you can take all of that and leverage it. And so that we, we ended up getting like Calgary Herald and then Spotify showed up super big for that single. And and yeah, we had a little bit of a moment and of course, was it planned? Yeah. But you, right. But you, you don't know when those yeses come in because it's, you know, I always say it's like 30 no's to one yes, but when they start working, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. You have to be a hundred percent prepared to handle, you know, everything when those opportunities come. Yeah. So if, you know, the Calgary Herald calls, you're ready. Look what I've got all of this stuff for you. Let's go. And, you know, your publicist can give them all the information. That's a perfect example of like, you know, mapping out your year and just, you know, putting in like the big ticket items and saying, what can we do around this? What can we do around this? Right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and just the expectation is you're an artist, you're going to put music out. Okay, cool. Boring. What else is there? <laughs> yeah, like, doing? And? <laughs> well, not really, but, <laughs> yeah. but it's like, what else are you like? What, what are the things that you need to do that you need to get in order to, to build what you're doing? Right. And, and even as something like in just practical terms, you know, say if, you know, you're a developing artist listening, you know, something as easy as doing a, a showcase, well, maybe you release a single just before or the day of or whatever it might be. And anyone that buys a ticket, email them the song ahead of time so they know it at the show. Just try to deconstruct what it is you're doing in a way that, first of all, the fans always have to win. Always invest in your live show, no matter what. Always keep investing in your live show. But create an opportunity where people are going to feel special and feel welcome. And as soon as that starts happening, you know, 
people feel good energy, right? And and if you're in the room and people are like, hey, is this the artist that did that? Yeah, okay, cool, right? And then all of a sudden you're building, you know, naturally building up a buzz. And I think I think that's just the most important thing is find those moments. What are those moments yeah. that you need? Is it a showcase? Is it, you know, whatever it might be? And then and then kind of work work that into your schedule so it makes sense. I like all of that. I like everything you're saying. So, you know, something I've noticed in the, the last couple of years is that music blogs are phasing out from doing premieres. And many artists are actually choosing not to do them as part of their campaigns. I know with our artists, we don't do them on every campaign. You know, it's kind of artist specific. What are your thoughts on on premieres? Do you think that, you know, you'd like to see them go? Do you think they're helpful at times? Yeah, I, you know, I think they're more helpful for the resume than the actual, you know, if you get a really good look, it sounds really cool on paper, but then the reality is, is like maybe the viewership's not there. Yeah. And, and maybe, maybe you get billboard, but like, it doesn't do anything. Ah, did anyone <laughs> come over and cross over and convert as a fan? Maybe, but was it as much as you would get at a live show opening for an act? Probably not. Right. So I, I think I, I'm still a fan because it's just another sort of conversation piece if you're, you know, really trying to break through and, and do something. But that's yeah, that's you know, how I look at it too. I I say to our artists, it's a vanity metric. Totally. If you, yes. If you get an ear milk premiere, that's it's not gonna get you a lot of views on your video, contrary to what you might think. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately. But it is a pretty cool thing to have. Yeah. You know, that that's currency, right? Like yeah, that's yeah, yeah. It, it gets, it'll get you in some doors and it'll change the way some people think about you and your music. Absolutely. And I, I honestly think, you know, it's kind of like people like you and I that pay attention to that, not really the fans, right? So if, if you're posting that, your fans are going to go, oh, cool, someone wrote about them, but they they might not understand the weight of that publication within the, the market or that setting, right? And so I think, yeah, it's, it's a great resume piece. Um, I, you know, I, I just don't really put too much weight on it because I mean yeah. it's, you know it's a lot of work too you know and it's well yeah you're just preaching to the choir tell me about it I, <laughs> right? I'm waiting I'm waiting for them to be phased out so I don't have to <laughs> friggin pitch for them anymore it's such a pain in my ass like oh so true yeah it's so hard to do like from my end because I, I know everybody does it differently but I won't pitch a, another outlet till I get a no right because I don't want to be stuck with two people saying yes, and then I'm screwing a relationship because I have to. So so it's time consuming and I don't like Absolutely. it. But you know what? It is what it is. Yeah. This is the this is the life I've chosen. <laughs> so. You know what? No, and, and I'm glad you're bringing because you know what too, and myself, like I, I like them. They're cool. They're great. But I honestly trust in the publicist that I bring on to call the shots and when it makes sense for that kind of mood, right? Because it's just a lot of work and you can't if an artist is very video savvy and they have a lot of content coming out, you also don't want to be asking for a premiere from the same outlets for say four videos over the next four months. Right. It, it, it's just tired. Um, and yeah, a lot of work and, and, and it's important to be selective with those, with those moments and those. Looks. Yeah, it's true. I think they're really use, useful and helpful for independent artists that are, you know, just starting out um, to, to help kind of, build their online presence. And I think that they're helpful with certain artists um, if you can get good big look ones, as you said, but I don't know. But again, they, they don't, they don't move the needle. Right. So. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> yeah. And there are things like certain things, like for an example, you know, getting verified on Instagram, which whatever, um, 
it, it, it they require press. Mm-hmm. So stacking up those looks is is important because it helps open the door, you know, to potentially different things. But are there thousands of fans on the other side? Probably not. Yeah, I artists are always surprised by that. Like when <laughs> when they do a premiere or like get press, and they're like, well, "How come I'm not getting any views on my video?" I'm like, "No, that's not how it works." Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm sorry to be the sad person to tell you this, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's that's not actually how it works. Sadly, yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> I wish it was. Let me tell you the story of like I know artists that have had pitchfork premieres back when they did. Wow. Wow. premieres and it didn't even move the needle so if it doesn't move the needle at pitchfork <laughs> it's that's it's crazy not, <laughs> that's that's not how you do it just kind of wrapping things up a little bit here uh you know you've probably learned a lot over over the years all of us in the industry have, have learned a lot by by doing and then and then making mistakes uh, <laughs> i'm wondering if there was like something that you were like tried with an artist and we're like well i'm not gonna do that again (laughs) is there if you don't have anything specific that's okay but i I just yeah you know what i make mistakes all the time it's uh oh me too (laughs) yeah it's it's just a part of life i guess yeah i'm not sure if there's anything specific or anecdotal you know we you're always trying to do as a manager you're trying to make the best call on employing teams and trying to do things differently you know if you're if you're wanting to really go full force with the release you know maybe you might hire someone that you haven't hired before or maybe you're trying to get a look and say i don't know the uk and you hire publicity there you know there's definitely um it it, but it just happens and if you're not prepared to have some you know missteps i guess if you want to call it as an artist then get out of the business no it's true yeah (laughs) because because we're all trying yeah i guess my my point is kind of like do you think it's important to to take big chances uh, regardless of the fact that you might fail like it is better to try these things yeah absolutely it's it's critical yeah just make an, a, an honest assessment of, of seeing you know you know if you want for an example if you want to do something in the uk or the us like are you streaming there is there anything else happening there that might entice you know a publicist because at the end of the day you know it's kind of like with any agent or publicist it's scenario it's what are you bringing to the table that they can then go and sell and leverage right mm-hmm and if you're not really hot or happening, well, then spending, you know, two grand, whatever it might be on a publicist in an outside territory might sound really cool because you're like, yeah, I'm going to make it big, but there's no story. Yeah. Right? There's no, there's no opportunity to really like, you know, dig in. Yeah. So yeah, I, I've certainly made lots of mistakes that way, but you know, th- that's just a part of being in music and I guess with more experience. That's you know, no, you, but that's you how you figure it out. I mean, everything that I've figured out in this industry and I've been working in it for, you know, almost 20 years, I figured it out by fucking something up. Right. So (laughs) I think that, and you're just like, well, I guess we won't do that again. And then, you know, that's kind of how you learn, right? Like you have to just kind of be afraid to try things. I mean, you know, to a point, don't go crazy, but you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, you know, kind of hash it out and say, what's the worst that can happen? You know, and if the worst that can happen is just say, you know, your publicity campaign doesn't go well, well, that's fine. You know, you want to, you want to try it, but 
Yeah. Yeah. No, no pointing fingers either if that happens, right? Because it's like, hey, we're all trying to do this thing, yeah. you know? <laughs> it's like, hey, you, you can't force people to to print something, right? It's like, like we're all we're oh. all taking shots. If I the could, net. if I could, Jeff, I know my job, my job <laughs> would be so much easier. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a whole other thing, you know. Yeah. Trying to trying to explain to people, you're actually paying for the service, <laughs> so. <laughs> Yes, I'm very good at what I do, but I can't guarantee yeah, <laughs> that's going to happen. I, you, yeah, you can't force a yes out of anyone, no matter how much you might believe in it. And that's, uh, yeah, you just never know, right? Like, there's sometimes I've done campaigns where I'm like, "This is going to be amazing. It's going to go gangbusters," and then it's like dead in the water, and I'm like, "Oh well. yeah." Or the other way, something I think isn't going to take off, like it's going to be a bit of a grind for me to get somewhere, blows up out of the gates. And I'm like, what? What? How did that happen? <laughs> happened? Yeah, no, it's crazy. <laughs> you know, and I, I even just in like this last year of releasing Kyle's record, you know, there we, we set up, we're like, okay, these are the quote unquote singles that we're going to be putting a lot of effort on. And we did that. We, we you know, the, the furthest extent that we felt necessary to promote this one song and it ended up being the worst performing song on the record and some other song ended up taking off and you know people love it but yeah it, and it just you know and I think that's a, a really cool thing in music too is it's like you, you don't know everything no one does no and, and you can never you can never <laughs> you learn enough right and and you can it's constantly evolving and changing and even the, you know whatever advice and, and stuff and release plans and stuff that we talk about now probably going to be different in three months <laughs> that's, that's it right? like you have to be constantly educating yourself yes. if you're in this industry in any capacity like you and I do like I'm constantly reading up and then that information becomes old and <laughs> and then you're like oh yeah. I guess I have to learn again oh god yeah. so much stuff Anyway, I feel like this is probably a, a good time for us to move on over to our fresh content segment. Cool. Now, every week on the show, we discuss our favorite piece of music content for the week. And we always like to start with the guest. So, Jeff, right on. what do you got for us? Fresh content. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna go, I'm going to lean country on this one here. We, I just got back from the CCMAs. And, Yeehaw! <laughs> right? <laughs> I just, I, I loved every bit of that trip. And, and one thing that stuck out, I guess, in terms of the content piece that stuck out is we, we got to hang and, and get to know Don Amaro. Oh, awesome. And then, you know, seeing him, you know, perform at the parties and everything like that, I think, you know, his records really stuck with me in the last couple of weeks. Really, really great artist and, and a good human. And that's what this is all about, you know? No, he is. He is. Yeah. He's He's got such a great team behind him, too. And I think it's been really incredible to watch how his career has been, has built, like, over the years. To, like, see it get to where it is now. I like that. I like watching things from the beginning and go, oh, this has really got some speed. You know, things I'm not even a part of. I love it. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know what? Lori's amazing. Um, you know, Mike and MDM do an excellent job at pretty well everything. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, it's, uh, I, I definitely, you know, that's something anyone listening, Don Amaro, check out his album. He's great. He is great. That is a, a really good tip for us. All right. So, so my fresh content for the week is super boring and I don't care, <laughs> but it's, it's the Beatles get back documentary on Disney plus nice. because it is. And I mean this, the greatest music documentary that I have ever seen. Well, in my I need whole to life. see it now. <laughs> and I I have watched a lot of music documentaries. <laughs> it is it is incredible. I mean, it's it's on Disney Plus. It's in three parts. It nice. was directed by Peter Jackson. It's 
over eight hours (laughs) is the part where people are like, oh, I'm not sure. But if you are a music fan, just a music fan, you don't even have to be a Beatles fan. But if you aren't a Beatles fan, you know what? What is wrong with you? First of all, (laughs) but but it's it was everything I, I like just seeing things being created. It's filming them as they're recording their Let It Be album. Wow. They haven't, you know, formed together in three years. And just seeing all of those, like the relationship, you know, conflicts that you have. And then you get to see things like Paul McCartney, just like all of a sudden coming up with Get Back, one of the greatest songs of all time. Right on. Okay, I definitely, I'm going to put that on the list. Highly recommended. It's on Disney Plus and it's Get Back. The Beatles documentary. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then you can t- talk to me about it after because there's, there's nothing I like more right now than talking to people who have seen it. I'm like, have you seen it? Have you seen it? Because I'd love to talk about it with you, please. <laughs> Let's discuss. All right. Well, uh, thanks so much for for joining us, Jeff. Is there anything that you'd like to plug before we uh, uh, you know, get out of yeah, here? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, you know, I, I talked about Kyle in this podcast a couple times, but yeah, check out Kyle McCurney. He's a, he's an up and coming new Americana uh, roots kind of traditional country artist doing some really big things. And uh, this next year is full of surprises that I can't yet talk about, but we've got a lot of really cool things up our sleeve and, and yeah, new records (laughs) coming out and yeah, it's a good time. And, and uh, I'm really looking forward to the new year. And Hey, we have to work on something together. We do. I was thinking that was, we were talking, I was like, who are these other publicists you're working with? (laughs) 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 No, but definitely I, I, I'd love to do that down the road. And uh, thank you again for, for coming on the show and have a good, have a good camping trip. Have a good rest of your day. (laughs) Thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm, uh, I'm really honored to be a part of this. Thanks. Bye. Bye. That was a good conversation. I hope you enjoyed it. And thanks again to Jeff for coming on the show. Thanks so much for listening to the FM podcast. If you like the show, please tell your friends and give us a rating and review in Apple Podcasts. The FM podcast is produced by Fritz Media with production assistance from Carla J. If you want to learn more about Fritz Media, check out our website at fritzmedia.ca. And you can follow us on Facebook, we're at Fritz Media, and on Instagram and Twitter at Fritz underscore media. And if you want to learn more about the podcast, go to the fmpodcast.com. A big thank you to Said the Whale for providing the theme music for the show, and you can find them at saidthewhale.com. Okay, so we're going to go out with our song of the week this week, which is from one of Jeff's artists. This is Kyle McKierney, and the song is Devil Water.
I'll see you next Tuesday.